We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Welcome to another episode of the Union of the Unknowns. Thank you so much for joining us. Today with us, I have my unknown buddy, Stella Q. Hello, Stella. Hello, Ashley. Always good to see you. You too. You too. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy. Uh, and we have a special guest today, and that is Chuck Ocelli. Chuck, how are you? You're muted. Oh, you're me. muted. Whoops, I was talking to the mute button. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, again, look, happy to be among the unknowns. I uh, definitely feel as though I'm not very well known anywhere anyway, so I, perfectly logical for me to be here, and uh, thanks for inviting me. Yes, thank you so much for coming on with us. We're very, very happy to have you. Um, so, and the reason that I ended up uh, reaching out to you originally was because you were commenting to our buddy Ando on Twitter, some of our... Um, sharing, you know, the WTF forum, that kind of stuff. So that's where we saw you first, or I knew about you, but that's where we started chatting a little bit more. Um, so what I wanted is to just preface like kind of what we're going to talk about, and then I'm going to hand it over to you. So today we uh, originally had planned on talking about JFK and why it still matters after all this time. So if you don't mind, Chuck, take it away. Give us a little bit of, um, you know, a little background on why JFK is so important to you and where people can find you. And then we'll get right into it. Sure. Uh, look, the only place to find me, generally speaking, I mean, there's a bunch of them, but the easiest way to start, if you can't find the link tree, et cetera, et cetera, not too many people have tried to use my name. So Ocelli.com. Uh, I just bought that domain because they tried to sell me the Ocelli Effect domain for way too much money. So I had to buy that one. And uh, yeah, you go there and you can find the podcast that I produce along with uh, my own presentations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've got a 24-7 radio station out there online, at least. Uh, we, we are no longer on AM and FM radio officially, but we have been on AM and FM, et cetera. Uh, over the years, I am not on YouTube anymore even though I was on there for well over a decade and uh, they banned me under some strange circumstances. But anyhow, it is what it is. Google doesn't really love me so much. But if you know how to spell my name, Ocelli, O-C-H-E-L-L-I.com, you can find me. Um, but I'm also on you know, most podcast platforms, again, with the exception of YouTube. Now, why does the JFK assassination matter? Well, I'm going to a conference uh, actually in about six weeks, I guess, from now in Dallas, Texas, and it is the 60th year since that day, our 35th president, if you're an American, our 35th president was assassinated, publicly executed in Dallas, Texas on November 22nd, 1963. A lot of people ask, why is this still important? Is this not just history? It's more than half a century. Isn't everybody already dead? What's the difference? Well, I've got a personal reason for this. I've got a personal reason for why it is somebody who basically is just a high school graduate, and that's nothing to be proud of. I, I graduated from a school in New Jersey. 
You can tell by the accent, right? Anyway, uh, you know, and, and Jersey schools, not the best. But anyway, am I highly educated? Absolutely not. Have I had to self-educate myself in order to understand evidence like forensics, like ballistics, like uh, various scientific methodologies, which were embraced and then abandoned over time in order to understand the evidence in the case, which is voluminous. It is probably the most studied singular event in American history. Uh, if you consider there's more than a thousand books, there are tons of online forums, et cetera, et cetera. The documentaries are numerous. I don't want to bore you with lists. So here's the thing. Why does it matter? And why does it matter to somebody like me who was born in 1972, nine years after the event? What does it matter to me? Is it because I'm worried about the loss of democracy and the people, uh, you know, basically with a bullet decided to erase a political decision, a vote taken by the people of the United States? No, I am not delusional enough to believe in the American dream. I'm not asleep long enough at night to even get into it. And I've had a life experience that does not allow for it. So is that my problem? Is it because democracy was challenged? Is it because the will of the people was erased by a, 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 an assassin's bullet? At least one. Some people say three. Some people want to focus on one that might be magic. More on that later. No, that's not it. The problem is that in 1963, at exactly the time when a guy named John F. Kennedy was killed, he was president and he was about to withdraw us from this place, this conflict, which wasn't even a full-scale war. But believe me, if you served in it, you might think so in Vietnam. Why does that matter? Well, it matters to me personally because my father who served there would later take his own life uh, based on those interactions, the trauma that he endured. But to hell with my personal story. It's not that big a deal, is it? But wait, there's a whole generation of us that were affected by more than one million men, one way or another, being returned to the United States damaged, either spiritually, physically, psychologically, emotionally, however you want to define it, an entire generation, our fathers, were absolutely contaminated, were destroyed, were affected at the very least by this event, something that would have been ended by the calendar end of the year 1965 had John F. Kennedy not been assassinated in Dealey Plaza in 1963. So that's why it still matters, because we did continue on, and until Afghanistan took it over, that was the longest conflict in U.S. history. And even though, tell me what we accomplished, go ahead, it's a rhetorical question, hold on. Um, what did we accomplish there? I mean, outside of getting much, much more heroin on the streets of the American cities in instant and cheap form right away, we were able to do that. We were able to disrupt things. We were able to fight communism. We were able to do that. But what was the result outside of the mutilated, massacred, and, oh, you know, not as many men killed as was in Korea or World War II for sure, but, you know, about 80,000 guys also just dead. Um what did we accomplish? We had a guilt syndrome in this country for a little while. What did we accomplish? I keep asking. I'll tell you what we accomplished. The damage of a generation, the absolute undermining of it. And for what? The profiteers, the people that benefited, who might be exactly the same people who benefited from decapitating the personage of our government at that time. And Lyndon Baines Johnson, who did take over for John F. Kennedy, many people argue he continued on with his various policies. And indeed he did in some ways, but 
would that have even happened had there not been a president who continuously denied the military industrial complex's absolute desire to invade places like Cuba, to get into a conflict in Germany, to go into Laos, to go into various places in Central and South America, to get involved in deeper conflicts in Africa. JFK kept saying no over and over and over again, and that's not very profitable for the people that make K-rations, helicopters, military uniforms, logistics, you know, our friends at Halliburton, who at that time would have been more co connected to uh, Kellogg Brown and Root Construction, who did plenty of work in Vietnam. Not very profitable. Wasn't working out too well for those guys until Lyndon Baines Johnson came in and we had what is a now currently publicly admitted false justification to engage in a war in Vietnam through the Gulf of Tonkin incident and the resolution which empowered the president to increase things and send indeed hundreds of thousands of young men in 1968, a whole lot of them being only around the age of 18. Again, my father was one of them. Oh, I did mention that personal cost, didn't I? How many men came back, committed suicide? How many men came back who were so changed that they destroyed their families? How many of them destroyed their communities, destroyed themselves, were addicted to drugs? How many of them returned in that shape? Somebody needs to be held accountable for this damage that was done in the name of profit. And I believe that the key to it is absolutely who is responsible for the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Is that long-winded? Maybe. I'm sorry, but you asked. No, please, please don't. I, I'm, I love that answer. So I had a question based on that. Uh, a lot of times when we're talking on this show, we talk about how things are multifaceted and how mm -hmm. they have many goals. So I absolutely believe that one of the goals was to decimate the military-aged men of this country. They A war was declared on them by sending them to war um, and, and causing the trauma that they caused. But I wanted to see if that is what you thought too, that it was multifaceted. Sure, it's gonna make a lot of money for the military industrial complex, but guess what? If you're a globalist predator class and you have your eyes set on taking the United States down, the only people or the people who have the best chance of standing up to you, especially from a conservative, you know, a nuclear family, strong families, right? Mm -hmm. then how best to do that than by taking out an entire generation of young men. But mm -hmm. I didn't know if you if you agreed with that or what your thoughts were on that. Well, that's not a theory. That's history repeating itself repeatedly. What did we why do we have a middle class? You know everybody talks about the wonders of the middle class, the rise of that great time period. You know why that actually happened if you look at it realistically? A lot of men were going to return from World War II well-trained, ready, and capable of killing because that's what they were taught to do. And if they came back here and they were not either immediately hobbled or sated in some way, guess what? You would have had angry men just like you had post-World War I where we almost had a revolt in this country from those guys showing back up and saying, hey, what happened to my country how come I am left out in the cold and not even getting paid? Uh, take a look at the uh, warfare and the, the, the thing that happened. Uh, let's see, key individual, Smedley Butler. I think you should look that up uh, if you want to study exactly one of the plots, one of the plots against our country. So what do you have to do? 
with an overpopulated, bloated surplus of young men who might be capable of actually rising up and causing a problem because they have just grievances. What do you have to do? Well, you can either hobble them, destroy them, or get them so distracted that they will not be capable of turning on the people who are actually the owners and destroying things around them and, and, and subjugating and, in fact, subverting the reality of what this country was supposed to be and, you know, the way people are supposed to be allowed to live in a free state, et cetera, et cetera. I got to tell you, the weirdest thing I ever heard was from one of the most advanced prison inmate minds that I ever encountered, and I'm, I've encountered many a criminal in my life. Uh, uh, because uh, in, indeed, in, in my young life, that was, well, that was what I had to work with. I had to deal from the streets in a way that um, I've, I've told many a story. I don't want to get into it today, but you ever want to discuss that kind of thing, we can do it. Um, the thing is this, one of the most incarcerated, uh, institutionalized minds I ever heard of when I was a small child and first asked, why is it that it was necessary to make all of these guys come back screwed up, hooked on stuff. I just, I saw it as a child because I was born in 72. My father killed himself in 76 and he wasn't the only Vietnam vet I encountered. What in the hell, why? And, you know, a very ignorant, supposedly uneducated, barely, barely, okay, uh, uh, able to read and write individual, somebody who was, you know, what, what, what do they call that again? Oh, that's right, uh, usually poor people. But anyway, uh, you know, a poor person who is not very educated looked at me and he said, you know why the Vietnam War was what it was? Because they had to make sure there wasn't going to be a whole lot of guys sitting around unemployed. They needed to limit the population, and this is how it was done. And we could talk about the racial aspects of that or the fact that, you know, only poor people usually go to war. Thank you very much, Black Sabbath, and uh, I am a fan. <laughs> um, you know, it is you damn right. It is the reality of the world around us. The poor people will go and fight the wars because they don't know any better. And my father was a true believer. My father was somebody who felt, you know, at the end anyway, that he had been misled, hijacked. Uh, uh, you know, I'm the grandchild of Italian and Irish immigrants. Um, you will not find more patriotic Americans in this entire reality than a couple, one, two, or first-generation Italian and Irish people. And if you're in the Northeast, you can't avoid us. Um, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, he, he believed that he was going over there to fight communism at first. And then, even though the government doesn't fully admit it still to this day, uh, he was recruited as a sniper and because uh, he had just a special skill. And uh, he did the dirty work. He certainly did. He was doing it for the right cause. And then when he came back, found out that cause wasn't exactly as it looked. And of course, he was not a perfect human being or anything like that. He had his issues with drugs. He clearly was not stable enough to handle his PTSD, uh, which uh, watched him endure, etc. Um, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And, and again, I'm, I'm giving you my little, my little tiny personal story. One little blind kid in New Jersey who sat there and looked at the world and asked that question. Why, was, why did this happen? Um, I, I stayed again. And we know that the reality was that Kennedy was going to get us out of there. And he had denied them so many times going to war. I mean, there were people trying to convince him. And you can listen to tapes nowadays of what were secret meetings 
There were people trying to convince him that a first strike on the Soviet Union was a winnable scenario, that he should do this because the communists were getting stronger, etc. He certainly was not a dove, so to speak. You know, a lot of people make it. He was a peace. Eh, let's relax. He was not perfect either. He's not somebody who I think was godlike. This is not like, oh, the great Kennedy. It's just mm -hmm. a practical reality that we would not have had to endure the next decade of the damage done if he had not been killed. And coincidental, isn't it? I mean, you take a look at the assassination of the leaders of Vietnam, South Vietnam, excuse me. You know, within a month of JFK's assassination, uh, I believe they were killed on November 2nd. Diem and Nu, both of their bodies were delivered back, uh, you know, dead after they supposedly were trying to flee the country. <laughs> you know, and the CIA had maybe something to do with that too. Um, you take a look at the fact that the Golden Triangle poured heroin into this country, um, which was seen, you know, most obviously on the East Coast and in some of those neighborhoods. Because, you know, even though I was in New Jersey, I went to New York plenty. And, uh, you know, a lot of firsthand things start to make a lot more sense when you take a look at the greater geopolitical situation. So now I've forgotten where the question went to begin with, but I bet I've answered a few things about how this can be multifaceted and be the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I know people like to use Russian nesting dolls lately about how one thing fits into another and fits into another. And yeah, yeah, that is yeah, a that's wonderful a, a great analogy. analogy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. Um, first, I'd just like to say um, my deepest condolences for what you've been through with your father. Um, I'm not uh, a stranger to that. Um, I'm just wondering, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions about your father? coming sure. back from the war, sure, was um, like in a health aspect, because I know they did a lot of chemical sort of uh, drops and things in Vietnam. Was he affected on a health level, apart from mental health? Was he affected um, by like chemical drops and things like that as well? You know, I'm not certain about that um, because okay. he returned. See, now, according to the official record, which, by the way, they disappeared for about 25 years and told me didn't exist, um, they, they, they finally turned one up when they were moving Vietnam records around and they were looking to digitize and suddenly my father's record reappeared, uh, at the, uh, you know, in the collection. Um, it's, it's falsified. It doesn't include the fact that I was born, even though it says he was discharged, you know, a year after I was born, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's a bunch of missing information there. And, uh, they never even acknowledged that he did anything but go in and, uh, you know, basically just do his job. You get a job when you go into the U.S. military, um, or at least you used to, and he went in for construction. And that's basically all the record says, as far as I know. I mean, there may be more out there. I don't know all of where he was. Uh, I know some of his location. I know he went in initially in 1968, uh, right at the, uh, the, the height of the, uh, of the attempted pushback after the Tet Offensive which was uh, probably the most uh, volatile and violent year of the war. Um, and he was uh, called in there slightly, like, I mean, weeks after Martin Luther King was assassinated, which was in April. So, um, yeah, that's it's, it's unknown. Strange thing about that, though, curious question I have is why they keep sending me notices about I might be eligible for some money with Camp Lejeune, even though, uh, my father was an army guy, as far as I know, not a Marine, and I never lived on that base, and they keep insisting that I might be part of that class action lawsuit. So somebody might have records that I don't have uh, to answer oh, your wow. question. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I don't know um, all of what was exposed yet. 
Okay. Well, the reason that I was sort of asking that was because I'm, I'm tying it back now, um, because uh, LBJ obviously came in after JFK, mm -hmm. um, Lyndon Johnson, and uh, he was very famous for saying, he who controls the weather controls the world. And uh, there was a lot of weather manipulation experimentation going on in Vietnam, another multifacet of that event. Um, you know, Operation Popeye, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, right. Lots of chemical dropping, and I, I have actually just not that long ago been reading the um, the details of the paperwork of the intricate details that they learned from all those experiments and things like down to exactly what kind of plant uh, dies off at a certain time of year and how vulnerable it would be to fire and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it was incredibly intricate. So um, yeah, I'm just I'm very interested in the weather manipulation thing. So just coming back to the um, the war, that was just yet another facet of the war. There was a lot of experimentation that went on. So hence why I asked you that question. Oh, right indeed, Chem chemical experimentation, uh, uh, exotic weaponry, uh, to for lack of a better term, uh, various uh, psychological operations were uh, taken yes. that are still mostly classified. We don't know exactly. Uh, what some of the psyops were that were involved there. We know about the involvement of radio stations. It's it's fascinating the way they used Vietnam as a laboratory. Yes, um, very much so. And, yeah, uh, and and the weather manipulation. You you'd be amazed how many people don't know about Operation Popeye. It's like weather manipulation. Oh, that's just <laughs> crazy conspiracy theorists talking about chemtrails. No, no. How about admitted? We know about Popeye. We know about. Uh, about four or five other operations, actually, before JFK yeah. died, by the way, because uh, it wasn't just Johnson, mind you. Uh, Kennedy no. authorized uh, uh, various chemical operations, uh, in including domestic, uh, some some such operation, which I'm not satisfied the paperwork is clear on, regarding the New York City subways while Kennedy was in operation, yes. which they had used more than one time to, t to test, test chemical weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I said were that out loud. About it, were they quite yeah. open about that at the time, or was that not before they were open about it? Right, okay. Not, because not later on, I know a couple right. of decades later when they did experiments like that, they were actually open about it. But okay, so that was still Correct. quite secret back then. Yeah. Yeah, well, incrementally, you have a change because, believe it or not, again, linked to the Kennedy assassination, because of a lot of the inquiries, we had a slew of congressional kind of like, you know, sunshine uh, hearings in Congress. Uh, you had the Pike Committee, you had the Rockefeller Commission, you had. I know we're not fans of Rockefeller, but Rockefeller Commission, look it up. Uh, you have the House Select Committee on Assassinations, on and on and on. Various committees checking into, gee, is our CIA trying to assassinate foreign leaders? Um, hey, what's going on with this or that or the third thing? Whoops, there might have been, you know, if you've ever seen, you've heard the phrase Wormwood, and maybe you've heard about, I don't know, MK Ultra. Whoops, <laughs> they kind of discovered that because... Somebody forgot to destroy the financial documentation and they were okay. able with forensic accountants to recreate some, some yeah. of those operations. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we have, yeah. we have an interesting time period, you know, that I grew up in when I was learning to read a newspaper, fascinating stuff going on in Washington. Just yeah. saying. Uh, <laughs> so go ahead. Sorry. So, well, I was going to ask, mm. okay, so this is uh, your very personal connection to Vietnam. And as you said, you are what it's this huge ripple effect that we still feel today. Right. Mm. So you do a lot of work in the Liberty space. As you said, like you're producing shows, you're putting out a lot of content, all this stuff. But do you consider like your primary study 
is still and your primary interest is still the assassination of JFK and on the heels of that what what do you think not the effect i mean we've talked about you you have talked about that part but basically like where are we now with that who did it you know do how are we aside from taking out the generation and basically create you know the experimentation that you're talking about uh you and stella um but what are the other effects that we're seeing from that and even you know the kennedy family has a legacy to this day and we do have a kennedy who is running for office so what is your opinion on that you know like taking it from what you do your research your focus to your your evaluation of today well look i i generally speaking broad you know the most broad uh, um representation of what i think of rfk jr is i like him um, generally speaking, but I've got a lot of questions about some of the people that he's choosing to associate with already, uh, as per usual. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Kennedy thing is, is one of those things I've spent more than 30 years doing intricate research on it. So that is something that I've got a huge personal library on in my own head. But is that our current biggest problem, honestly? And a lot of people might not be happy when they hear this. No, it's not. Uh, our biggest problem is that we are being compartmentalized and we are being turned against one another and it is being done quite intentionally. And, you know, it's difficult to even tell from whence each of the weapons that I swear are trained on all of us uh, as the, I'll use the phrase, sorry, the human family. I, I believe that we are all in the crosshairs of a rather intricate panopticon of weaponry, which includes... Uh, you know, our food not being food, the various chemicals being introduced into the ecosystem or whatever it is you want to call it. Do I think the weather is changing and the globe is being kind of manipulated? Yes. But is it the story they're telling you? Maybe not. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of damage is being done to us. Our natural proclivities are being almost outlawed and subverted to the point where those things are the unnatural and the other strangeness that we see now, which is being encouraged, uh, you know, there, there's a purpose behind that too. Uh, it's not just because everybody is totally in love with the transgender issue. It's not because of that. It, it, it really ties back into a very particular mentality, which is difficult to get into as far as I'm concerned, but we can go there if you want, but that's a deep, dark rabbit hole. Uh, but on the surface, we all know that we're being turned against one another in increasing rates. It's not just about race. It's not just about gender. It's not just about differences of opinion anymore. We're being whittled down so that, you know, it's not even just let's turn one gang against another and then we'll just pick off the survivors. Uh, we're being compartmentalized to a point where our individual feeds, the digital reality in and of itself is becoming greater. People are, 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 have no ability to communicate with one another even adequately. Uh, and everything is an argument. Everything is a conflict. We're being told to choose sides on nearly everything. And it's not just politics. Um, it's politics. It's the way you choose to live. It's what you want to expose your family to. Uh, don't know if you're, you or your listeners are going to like it, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, my household, nobody took that vaccine. You understand that most recent vaccine and in general i'm not somebody who was pleased with vaccination 
the concept, I believe, is scientifically sound. But the execution and these criminal companies that have instituted this mess, another story. Um, and indeed, I, I, I had to learn over time. I have three children that, that, that I'm responsible for. Uh, two of them are adults now. Each of them, they were vaccinated. Uh, my third one, absolutely not. And um, they, uh, you know, when, when, when somebody came at him with a syringe, uh, you know, the stick pin and all that, you know, I, the, the phrase came out of my mouth with the hepatitis B in the, in the uh, uh, pediatrician's hand. If you go near my son with that, you're going to need your security people. You understand me? Um, yes. I wish so, all parents were like that, Chuck. Yeah. And I only needed the hospital, frankly, because, uh, I mean, you know, there was a little trouble. I don't object to the medical industry entirely. I question mm. them, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of things they do don't make any sense. And I think it's, uh, again, like most things, more for profit than for the benefit of anyone other than yeah. those profiting, um, which is the name of the game here. You know, we have a corporatocracy. We don't have a democracy, certainly. And we don't have the constitutional republic that I thought we were supposed to have either. So yep. either we are in a fascist regime. It, it is, well maybe more of an oligarchy than a fascist regime because a fascist regime would require a consistent idea about civilization and, you know, coherence. We don't have that. So I'm thinking fascism requires coherence. You got to have a straight plan and an identity. And it seems to me like everybody's identity is so split. There's no singular banner here. So that's the only reason why I object to fascism. I think oligarchy might be better, better suited okay. to the Thanks for that. Just my thoughts. Maybe you're yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. No, uh, that's a but, good point. You know, just my understanding. But again, remember, I'm just a self-educated, uh, uh, you know, half half a guinea, half a mick from New Jersey. So I could be all <laughs> wrong. And yes, I use the racial slurs because I'm allowed to. And I don't care. You know what? People need to get over themselves with their offenses, too. That's another 100%. thing. Agreed. Um, you know, but that's another thing that's been designed, hasn't it? I mean, the, so, the whole social corrosion, which is designed, that's another thing that's just part of that, isn't it? Another facet Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I love it. And I, I know that those people from the Jersey Shore on MTV, that's not people from New Jersey. <laughs> uh, but, but I am a Jersey guy. I, I live in Georgia now. So occasionally you hear weird little drawls come out of my language. But generally speaking, <laughs> you can tell I'm a guy from Jersey um, when I speak. But, but the thing is, you know, Ethnicity to be celebrated as opposed to weaponized, great. Uh, and, and I don't even mind so much that it's still acceptable to pick on Italians and, you know, call us all gangsters and everything else. Because generally speaking, most of us know somebody. Um, but it is, you know, it's, it's, it's fun that way. Uh, and, and I don't care about that. I, I, I enjoy it. I point it out because people get so offended about, you know, I mean, I've heard the weirdest arguments in the past few years about people's offenses and things like that. And that is not just as a result of the technocracy, which has also come into play and its manipulation. And, oh, by the way, the fact that we went through the lockdown and let's take a whole bunch of, you know, antisocial and socially disturbed individuals and let's disturb it a little more. Sure. Good idea. Um, you know, was it a good idea? Uh, did we need six feet of distance? Was that coincidental that that has more than one result from it? A lot of questions. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are important, more important right now. I'd still love to get the history correct, but there's a lot of history to correct. And it did lead us to this point. So it's still important, but we, we have too many battles in the immediate uh, uh, vicinity of all of us to really get to. 
and uh, and and that's and that to me is the most important part. So that's what leads me to doing all the other stuff. That's what leads me to having to do the other shows, covering the news, covering politics, and all those things that get me called every kind of whacked out name in the world. I mean, I believe a gun is a tool, so therefore I'm a right wing nut job. But also, you know what? I'm not on board with Trump because I'm from Jersey and I saw Atlantic City and I don't know how you go bankrupt running three casinos. So, you know, I'm just saying the guy is like, you know, yeah, he's clearly the guy who should be indicted for whatever it is he's doing right now with the with the whole thing with his businesses. But you know what? You're going to be all day with that if you go and indict everybody who's cheating on that in New York because that's just the way it's done. Let's get yeah. real. Is he a crook? Yes. Is he a criminal? Yeah, yeah kind of, but he's yeah. not the criminal who pays for stuff because it's the white collar, baby. No, you bust the drug dealers. You bust the guys who are literally breaking into your house and stealing stuff. If you steal big enough, you get a lawyer and you get a white collar treatment. And that's the way this country, unfortunately, is working. You know, not everybody goes down like uh, the guys from Enron. And there aren't usually too many guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa man, the guy just slipped my mind. The big uh, uh, hedge fund guy. Uh, it doesn't matter. Madoff, thank you. Madoff, who made off with the money. Sure he did. Um, but he is just one. They just threw that guy in just to give you the idea that they still might punish guys like that. But the truth yeah. is, if you are the more proficient and the more extensive criminal and the more blazoned and bold and emboldened criminal, then you're the winner. And if they're, you know, and, and that's the thing. That's why the B squad goes and gets themselves political offices so they can go get a hundred thousand dollar a year job and become hundred millionaire type people. How does that work out? Well, <laughs> might have something to do with the corruption and everybody is bought and paid for, but you don't know necessarily who's signing all their checks because it's difficult to take apart all those shell companies one at a time. Probably yes. about five, 600 perp walks need to come out of DC like now, but yes. is it going to happen? No, that's yeah. not the way our system is. And again, yeah, if you're if you're the rich and the big criminal, you don't go to prison. Uh, you get you get selected to no, you have probably some run money. the prison. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's you another run thing. the prison. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Oh, my tax dollars are going to really your tax dollars. Then you should be getting a dividend off of the for profit prison system if your tax <laughs> dollars are going in, because they're profiting mightily. Take a look at the way the prisons really run whole other discussion there is a prison industrial complex as well but there, hey, oh, you know there, we've there only got is, so much time and that's <laughs> that's one thing that i wanted to chime in about that I, I do like about your work and your message is that you know a lot of people are have been conned into thinking that they're a victim based on the color of their skin or where they're from but what you say very plainly very clearly is that that is actually not what is happening it is a war on poor people it is a system that is designed to keep you poor because they need you they want you that's why they do it and yes they profit off of them like what you said in the prison industrial complex or let's say that you get put into prison for x y and z you come out you make one stupid stupid mistake and it has nothing to do with being a violent criminal you're going back it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense, you know. It it's um, it's not cool. So I do really like that about your message. Uh, well, here, that it's more on the poor. And, and well, here's the thing too. I, that's what I focus on because that's where I've been. But here's the truth, you know. People that think they're not part of the poor, they don't necessarily recognize what poor is. Number one, number two, mm -hmm. eh, it still doesn't count. You know the whole Carlin thing. It's a big club. You ain't in it. 
let me tell you, Biden is just as dangerous as is Trump, as is every one of them, left, right, left, right, keep raising your hands, it doesn't matter, because it's all actually one party, and here's what the reality is. You're not just, you're, you're a commodity, certainly you are. You're a commodity like any other cattle, like any other animal out there. They call us useless eaters, you know, things like that, because they believe that. We are a, a, a problem if we are not, guess who, them. Uh, and who is them? It's not a lot of us, and it's not even the people, you know, it's like a millionaire here, a millionaire there. That's somebody who's being allowed to thrive a bit and have a little bit of, you know, comfort maybe. But that is not even who's really in control. They, they, you know, when you start dealing with the people that are really in control, they're not on TV making statements. They don't have to, okay, because all those people on the different platforms making statements and running the bots and running the PR campaigns – those people are all paid by the boss. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You go into a, I mean, I, I used to love what KRS-One said. You know, you go into the Burger King, you want to speak to the manager. But the manager doesn't own the place. And yeah. neither does the guy at the register. You, you, you want your burger to be made right and this and that. I found that to be hilarious because that's exactly the problem. Uh, we're, we're all looking at the middle managers, the managers, the poor kid punching buttons at the register. The, 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 the person who's begging for a job so they can mop up the lobby, we're all bitching at them. And it's been intentional because God help them if we ever, all of us at one time, the great number that we are, actually turned on this very small number of individuals who actually wield the power because <laughs> be over in a day. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and unfortunately, so, they, they hide behind their very well-funded armies now, so... There was no way of getting go. to them. Would you say that um, it's a fair statement to say that if you know their names, that they're not at the top? Because no, that seems to be a bit of a cliche. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And, and and armies come in many forms. Some of them wear blue. Some of them wear green. Uh, I'm not saying everybody, mm -hmm. you know, who is trying to be a Boy Scout who wants and believes. And, you know, my father believed in, in this. You know what I mean? In the system, he believed that he was doing a thing that would defend and protect people here by making the sacrifice. There are many people that believe that. Um, I don't blame them because they try to instill that, or at least they used to. I don't think they even bother with it now. Uh, they, they used to try and instill that in us, that you you can be part of the system and part of the greatness and part of, and if you serve, and I believe in serving others. I believe in being a minister. I'm, I'm personally, I'm ordained in more than one faith. I have been a minister. I don't advertise that very often, um, but it is something that I do. I believe in serving others. I believe that is part of our natural design even. Nothing is accomplished by a singular man. Nothing is accomplished by a lone wolf, whether they be a woman or a man. There is never anything accomplished of greatness by just one person. We are all meant to be collaborators and conspirators in the true sense of the word. We're meant to breathe together. So that way we'll yes. all care about the air that we're consuming. So again, I'm sorry, but it's just, you guys are throwing some great stuff on the table, and I got to pick it up. And I know I'm, I know I'm yeah, bombastic and awesome. loud, so sorry. We love it's that. Awesome. Yeah, 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 that's great. We love it. We love bombastic and loud. <laughs> Keep going. Yes. Um, can I ask you, um, please? Sorry, Ashley, did you want to? Did you want to jump in with something? Or? No, I want you to go. Okay. Um, I was just wanted to ask. I'm very also interested in what's underground. Um, would you say that there? I am pretty convinced that underground is way, way more structured, and just you know way more than what's above ground like we're like in the ancient world basically mm -hmm. um and i feel that um i, I don't I, 
don't really go with the hollow earth and all that stuff, but I just do feel that they go, you know, they use underground transport systems, the, the magneto train thing that's, you know, no resistance because it's in a vacuum, blah, blah, blah. And they get around the, the planet that way. They don't really do the flying, you know, like we're all sort of saying, oh, they're all flying their planes and doing, I don't think that's how they get around at all. But anyway, what what is your opinion on the underground bases and um, how extensive it is and what's happening from there? And is that where they reside? Well, I, um, I, I'll tell you that I haven't given enough study to know what the true depth of that really is. I, I know some of that exists for sure. I'm, I'm convinced. Actually, I wouldn't say I know. I'm convinced that, it, that some of that structure exists and that it is certainly being used by, uh, by individuals who, who, who paid for it, who put it in place. Um, and that's got nothing to do with me or anybody I know. It is certainly an agenda that is outside of you know the common struggles of most of us here on uh, on the surface. Um, I don't know about the hollow earth thing either. I don't know what to think of that necessarily. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, people go flat earth or the ball and everything else, and I go, well, mm -hmm. you know, I guess it depends on what reality you're in. Uh, truthfully, mm -hmm. I mean, my observations tell me not flat, but you know, uh, what can I say? Um, yeah. There, there are various possibilities here. And I, and I got to tell you, it's so extensive. I don't think, uh, I mean, I, I've known some people that claim to be expert on it. Um, and they confuse me even with things that they say about it. Very contradictory, uh, very different, loose, uh, loose information. They always seem to have mm. to be an insider of some kind to make a claim that they've ever actually, you know, personally witnessed a lot of things, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, I've been fascinated uh, with it ever since I turned tuned in on a a shortwave radio and found Bill Cooper years ago. So, because oh, yeah. uh, he was the first guy I ever heard to bring it up. And I find it yeah. fascinating, but I wouldn't claim to be expert on it at all. I think there's something to it, but I don't know enough about it. Personally. Are you referring to flat earth and hollow earth at the moment? Are you, is that what you're talking about right now? Oh, no, 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 no not that. Stuff. I'm saying all the underground stuff. I think that yeah, there okay. is the possibility of a great many yeah. things. And I truthfully, See, I won't try and tell you something if I don't think I know it. I can give you an opinion all day. Uh, yep. You can tell me five sentences. I can give you an opinion. It's not very worth very much if I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I'm being, being honest with you. I know a little bit about that, and I say there's something to be studied there, and, and I certainly would encourage anybody who's fascinated to please study it and get evidence, get proof, get you know, get get to the bottom of that. Let us know what's going on, please. Because, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> Because we've got Pine Gap here in Australia, but it's very difficult to find out <laughs> very much information about that. Um, oh, yeah. I think I believe mean, there's only been one Australian who's ever entered Pine Gap and gone to the, the secret room. See, uh, that you that know of. Bill Hayden. I mean, even if you think about the stuff that's gone on, like under the uh, airport in Colorado even, right? We know there's underground yeah, facility yeah. there, but what do we know about it? We know there's exactly. plenty of, you know what I mean? There's other facilities and things in different uh, mountains and stuff. and. Uh, different things that we know, you know, uh, allegedly, publicly, we know that uh, they were built for nuclear purposes and testing facilities, et cetera, et cetera. And, but really, honestly, I mean, unless you have that solid evidence in front of you and, and, and you've been there and you've got plenty of witnesses, recordings, uh, I mean, it's very difficult to suss out some of the, you know, the reality from the fantasy even. And I know some of it is fantasy out there because every subject has like a, a fan fiction uh, a section anymore, right? Doesn't matter if it happened yesterday, a hundred years ago, or if it's aliens, it's all got fan fiction attached to it too. Because, oh yeah, that's part of keeping us distracted and away yep. from the actual truths as well. Cass Sunstein, thank you. 
anyway, and also um, also confusing the Google searches. I've noticed that they um they they mm-hmm. often have like movies or cartoons or books or comics or something with um <laughs> under the under the title of something that's you know most people would like maybe want to research and it's just like so many pages of just like about a fiction or a book or a movie or something. It's really hard to then get to the actual information. So to dilute yeah. the research <laughs> happens so yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, I love Star Trek, but, you know, if I want to know about actual alien races, I'm not going to Gene Roddenberry's Bible, even if I do know it, you know. It's okay to study that stuff and to have fun, absolutely, but you're right. You, you're, you're more likely to, to learn about the Vulcans, which are fictional, than, you know, about the uh, reality of what may or may not be above our heads out there one way or another. You know, are we even being told the truth about space? Um that's exactly. another <laughs> yeah, many times on this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, yes, people may come up with crazy stuff and I have, I'm all about my own opinion about this stuff because it's all that we have. Like, I mean, yes, we have researchers who are looking at stone cold fact, but based on that, everything else is speculation. And we have, in my opinion, I must do it because I'm, I cannot go anywhere that is uh, an approved information source and believe that anything that they tell me is truth. That's why I'm like, is it a globe earth? Is it a flat earth? What do I know? Because I can't trust you people to tell me the truth about anything ever. You've lied about all of history. You lied about the crimes you committed. You've lied about what you're doing to humanity. You lied to us the entire time during lockdowns blatantly. Like it's getting so blatant. So I'm just like, I'm just left to speculate here and I'll come up with my own stuff and I'll, you know, listen to people like you, these very well-researched people and, you know, and me and Stella and the other unknowns, will talk about it. And that's what, you know, that's what we're left with because you can't believe them. And that's part of the pain that we are left to endure. Look, you, you can't possibly study things anymore in a way, and, and that's the other thing, you know, okay, I do my research, this drives me crazy, because a lot of people figure, oh, I searched on the internet, I've done research, no, you haven't, uh, you know, there's a lot more to it, and I always, it drives me crazy, it, because, again, even in a subject where I know a lot, uh, I, I find that it has been so diluted and so filled with, you know, some people are out on their own personal uh, crusades for things. Some people want attention. Some people are fraudulent individuals who have attached themselves to historical events. Uh, you know, you, you have such a wide range of disinformation out there. It, it, it becomes frustrating if you truly want pure information, uh, unless you went out and really did the legwork and got it yourself. It is hard as hell to separate this mess anymore. Uh, and, and it's about every kind of topic. It doesn't even have to be as complex as, you know, like I said, forensics and ballistics da, 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 and a criminal act. It could be just what happened yesterday down the block from me. Uh, it might be difficult to suss out what happened by the time the local news gets it. There's some stories. There's some rumors. I mean, and when you take that on a scale where, you know, now it's not 100 people on the block that witness it, but millions can instantaneously, win, you know, witness it and then has begin the manipulation patterns. Let me only show you this. Let me make sure I only show that angle. Let me make the complaint about the one video I saw, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it just becomes this continuous game of telephone that is played all around in great many circles and then fed back to you by an algorithm that determined already what you want to hear. 
which is the sad condition I see emerging for too many people, is that they are most interested in only hearing what they already think. They want affirmation only. Now, I'm not mm. saying you shouldn't seek out some affirmation and confirmation, uh, but you know, beyond confirmation bias, after a while, if that's all you seek out because that's all you, is being fed back to you, what happens? You stagnate. You cannot learn. And I think that's being done intentionally. And that's name a subject, name an interest, name something that does affect you, name something that doesn't affect you. It doesn't matter. It's all being done so that you can't lay your hands on the real information. You can't get anything other than a, a biased feed that is fed back to you intentionally to create a condition, which in most cases is stagnation and ignorance. You know, don't let them become informed about anything else also because there is suppression of a lot of truths that might be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. It might be really inconvenient if people wrap their minds around the totality of what's actually happening, like the drug war. You know, let's talk about, okay, yeah, meth heads are destroying this and that. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blame the addicts all day if you want, and you can blame them for some stuff. But where the hell did this come from? How is it? That I was, you know, and I talked to, with, with Ricky Ross about this. I love bringing this up. Ricky Ross, I'm off air. If you don't know who he is, he was one of the guys who, you know, went to prison for a while because he was a uh, quite the prolific entrepreneur during the age of crack. Um, you can see him in every drug war, you know, uh, uh, documentary that's worth its salt telling you the history. I, I, I talked to him off air and I said, you know what's a miracle, man, is that you're over there on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast and I was like a nine year old kid and immediately given work to do, making and fixing up, stepping on a whole bunch of drug supplies and things. That's how I became useful to some of the adults around me is that I was smart enough to do it. Um, isn't it magic how we all of a sudden just seem to know how to make crack? It just made, it just came around. See, cocaine was common and you could get people to set up in freebase. That wasn't a big deal. But the fact that I could make Ready Rock, which is what we called it to start with, okay, before they started calling it crack, I knew how to make that inside of a day. It seemed to just show up. People had the formula and said, we need to execute it this way. You could do it on a stovetop right next to some Jiffy Pop. Okay? Very simple. Now, I'm not going to tell you how to do it here because I don't want to spread poison. And I know that's what it was, but I'm just telling you the past is the past. Isn't it magic how we all got that information at once? Ricky Ross, we weren't talking to each other on the internet back then. We weren't emailing each other. You and I would have never known each other. He was a little more grown than me. I was like a little kid. But even so, that information got to me. Okay, so I, I learned how to use the triple beam balance and knew exactly what components had to come in, how much baking soda, what the proper temperature was, and how to measure it out. I had all that clocked in a day. Where did that information come from? How did that just become readily available? Oh, and by the way, just magically, we had a massive oversaturation and supply of cocaine. Ricky Ross was setting up franchises, basically, and going to other states outside of California, trying to set up as fast as he could because the coke was coming in too fast for him to sell it all off. And oh, wow. I, I saw that in heroin in New York City. There was so much heroin coming in. They were almost giving it to us for free so we could go and step on it and spread it around because it was coming in too fast. Yes. The importation was too fast in the 70s and 80s. And yeah. I'm willing to bet it still happens today, but I'm not involved. For, it's for just sure. frightening. Yeah. It, 
Well, it's frustrating to me, and I, I agree with you, and this is what I think a lot of people, you know, we're, we're set up currently in this black versus white or whatever, but it's, it, and, and we're being pitted against each other, and you can see it on the videos that are shared online and all of the stuff, and I'm like, you know what? Whenever the, the black community did not have all of the issues that are present in that community today, that mm -hmm. was done intentionally. Crack was Absolutely. introduced in these neighborhoods on purpose. That was to take them out. That was to separate the nuclear family. That was to lose another generation of men. It's being done in uh, a little, in a different scale, but the opioid epidemic is being done more so to white young men and white young people. But but mm -hmm. all, all over the whole scale, it's because war, what the drug war is the war on us. That's right. And I know that that's kind of a, a common phrase. And uh, I wanted to give Stella a chance to, if she had anything to ask, and then I wanted to finish up with, um, uh, wrap it up with a little JFK question I had and then tell people where to find you. But Stella, did you have something Thanks. else? Yeah, I, I feel like we should probably get back to what um, Chuck knows um, well and wants to talk about with JFK. I, I, I have this burning question I wanted to ask you. Um, what do you feel about what Ted, well, Ted Gunderson seemed to um, believe in the whole SRA, the satanic ritual abuse of children. Is this, you know, I keep sort of swaying, like, is it a great big psyop or is it real? I, I tend to think it is real um, and it is a massive problem. Um, but, you know, you've got the ten, Ted Gundersons. Now, what was he? Ex-CIA, wasn't he? Ex-one mm. of them. Um, do you think that he was controlled or <laughs> I mean I'd love to find out that this was all just well, a big psyop but it concerns me that it's not yeah I you know what I don't like to definitively say that I think somebody is you know absolutely on somebody's leash um I don't, I don't oh, with, without really like putting to... him completely in the spotlight just just the general's issue really I was sort yeah of asking about I mean and, and the only reason why I don't like to do it is because again I need some evidence before I'm going to accuse somebody of something directly I mean I, I'm careful Fair about enough. that um yep. but are there people like that let's just say in general out there yeah absolutely there, there's a yeah, massive yeah. psyop and you know I, I bring this up and and some people again not happy with it but I got to go to my my experiences you know the satanic panic that occurred um, I was in, in New York and New Jersey. Again, there was a center of gravity there regarding that. And a lot of the stuff that the media was pumping out there simply wasn't true. Um, there was jerky kids doing stuff and they were claiming that there were massive covens. And I knew the kids that were pulling the crap and doing the graffiti in some cases. And I've heard this story from others. Now, does that mean it doesn't exist and, and so on and so forth? I, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that almost anything can be weaponized. If it generates fear, it is an absolutely useful yeah. weapon. Yeah. Uh, and That's, whether yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, religious fear or back to the drug thing again, which, again, unfortunately, I've got way too much uh, information on. Uh, you know, there, there, is, there is a reality here, and then there is what can be weaponized, okay? Um, and I think the satanic thing gets weaponized from time to time. Um, I, is there ritual abuse of children? Absolutely. Pedophilia is a much larger thing. Not always the massive organized trafficking that a lot of people imagine, but it is everywhere all the time. Um, it's, it, it just is. It's a sick, distorted thing that, 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 that confounds me that this continues to persist on every level. I mean, 
whether it is again, you know, the local perv that you know gets a gets a little group of uh, vulnerable kids together and takes advantage of them, which again, unfortunately, I happen to know something about from uh, you know being victimized. Um, the thing is, that happens on a local level everywhere. I, I dare yeah. say, again, as a Generation X kind of person, I'm 51 years old. And anybody who was 10 years older or younger than me, any guy I've ever gotten into a close personal relationship, a friendship with, uh, eventually, if I check with them long enough, I'll find that somebody attacked them at some point. I know women are under attack all the time as well. I, I believe in that. I, I think, you know, I'm not Mr. Me Too, but I know that mm -hmm. predators will seek out anybody who's vulnerable. And sometimes the gender is irrelevant. Sometimes it is relevant. Uh, women are certainly attacked all the time, but I got to tell you another quiet thing is that among my peers, my contemporaries, I know for a fact that the majority of them that I ever got into a close personal relationship at some point over a drink in a vulnerable time, somebody just died, they're going through some emotional stuff. I, I, I have almost always ended up being the confessor that they tell, you know, I actually endured this abuse. Maybe it was a family member, maybe it was a Boy Scout leader, church guy didn't matter, local perv, random event. It seems to be everywhere. And I think that yeah. uh, we, we need to have a great deal more awareness about that. Now, as far as Gunderson and his whole thing and ritual abuse, I, I have mixed feelings about that. I think that there is uh, some people that scream at the top of their lungs about that, that might have a lot more going on in their heads than is actually going on in the world around them. But the sad part is that for the majority of us, we're ignoring things that really are going around, uh, going on in our immediate vicinity. Uh, step mm -hmm. outside your house and throw a baseball in a couple of different directions, and you might hit somebody who's being abused, been abused, or an abuser. Um, mm -hmm. It's just that simple if you're in a populated area. Uh, and I don't yeah, know what to do about that. Yeah. No, I just wasn't sure how far your research had gone because in there is that connection of whether it's uh, these victims that are coming out are, are, have actually. Um, endured something, or whether they've been like under MK Ultra and they believe they've endured something. So I'm, I'm sort of, yeah, that's what makes me a little bit blurred with and, whether and to. I've had, I've it had or not, interviews. So. Yeah, everybody from like I was Elena Freeland, uh, and um, I'm trying to think of the the, the kid, uh, the the guy. I'm sorry, I don't want to disrespect him or forget his name, but I, I had a guy on that was telling me that he was supposed to be the new Antichrist, the new head of the Satanic New Church. Uh, that he was being ritually abused. I've had various stories, and I've pre-interviewed people uh, before bringing them on my show, claimed to be targeted individuals, uh, MK Ultra affected. I have not brought that many of them on because I did not know uh, if, whether I was dealing with somebody who believed that something had happened or it actually happened to. Uh, I think the trauma is is uh, real either way. Yes, um, yes. And I'm sympathetic and empathetic to that. And I don't want to do any more harm to anyone. That is one thing I refuse to do is to do do more harm. Um, you know, so I, I will not sell poison. I will not do further harm to either guests or listeners if I can avoid it. Um, I'm willing to talk about deep, dark, dirty, no problem. But only when I'm when I'm well advised about it. And, and I've had a bunch of these interactions where, frankly, I, I don't know what to make of it because they've got no proof. Uh, they've got nothing, and it doesn't mean that they're lying. Um, I, in some cases, I've even believed them and didn't know what to say, and I've had people counter and come at me and, and threaten to sue me even. 
overletting somebody tell a story about MK Ultra control and ritual abuse and torture. Um, you know, generally speaking, when I bring them on, though, I, I, I have some evidence that you know you're not you're not going to be able to knock me down legally. And, and I've had, like I said, I've had threats over a bunch of, uh, and I've had my life threatened, in fact, uh, over over some of it. Um, and I don't I don't give a damn about that. But you know, <laughs> he's threatened me all day. If you if you can kill me, you're special because a lot of people have tried and a lot of situations have tried, and I don't even know how it works. So you can accomplish it. <laughs> what can I say? Just just don't bother my children. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. get you get me. You you want a prize, I guess. I don't. Know. But uh, I, but I don't want to endanger anyone else or harm anyone else. Okay, um, no, I appreciate yeah. you answering those. Thank you. So, yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't apologize at all. Uh, you're a wealth of information, an excellent conversationalist, and I knew you would be. Um, so the I do want to kind of bring it back to the thing, why it still matters. So what I wanted to ask you about is that there is, um, it's basically who done it, right? So mm -hmm. the book that was published by Russ Baker that was implicating the bush family being involved bush dulles etc so i you know that's quite a claim um and a lot of people will say that uh george herbert walker bush said that he did not know where he was during that time and he was found to be in texas and there's some other letters that indicate that they were maybe laying a, a little uh, misleading breadcrumb of information and and stuff like that so i just wanted to finish up and say who done it chuck you know i i, I the, the the question i dread <laughs> because um i i can answer to you that i have a, a a relatively good idea about it uh but it's not a popular answer and um you know still working on it to be honest with you now as far as that bush thing that bush thing cracks me up uh, because, you know, Russ and Russ gave me, the last time I saw Russ in person, he gave me such a stink eye. He was so mad at me because, um, I just, I had really beaten up on him a little bit on my show and, and a couple other places. And he was really not happy with me. Um, he did a great job, by the way, uh, taking apart George W. Bush in that book, showing you some things about Prescott that hardly anybody ever wanted to talk about. Um, great stuff. Trying to put George H.W. Bush in Dealey Plaza cannot be done if you know the photographic evidence because they, they show you this picture and it's really sad. I could probably pull it up for you real quick before I go, actually. I'll try and grab the picture because I have a little graphic that says this is not George Bush. Just so you know, you go through the photo array and you find out people at different angles. There's different distortions in the film. It's just a, a mistake of the eye. You could find 100 characters. Uh, on on the uh, the knoll, so to speak, um, that really weren't there. George W. Uh, George H. W. Bush, excuse me, um, was clearly at a Kiwanis Club meeting. There's photographic evidence of it. Uh, I don't know what he remembers. I don't care. I know that I can track that down, and that's something that uh, that that we've done <laughs> is find where he was. Now that relatively weird thing about laying the strange breadcrumb and trying to blame some guy who was working with his campaign. Uh, that Perot or Parat guy. Uh, it, it's interesting that that phone calls made, um, and that is weird. True, uh, the idea that there's uh, all these different things about Barbara, etc. But it's very funny stuff. But I mean, I, I'm I'm fairly certain he was at a Kiwanis Club meeting. 
that picture of uh, George H.W. And, and even George W. supposedly in Dealey Plaza, it's an optical illusion. Um, and uh, but Russ did great jobs on everybody else except trying to pin that on on uh, George H. W. Bush, who, by the way, I don't believe for a second was anything more than a, than an administrator when it came to the CIA or any covert operation. The guy's got no history with a gun. Um, I would doubt that he even really relatively knows how to. Edit. I mean, he might be a skeet shooting kind of guy or something, but I doubt he even would know how to handle a firearm. Um, and, and to put him in Dealey Plaza is almost pointless. What is he going to do there? Uh, right, so, that's true. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, he's not about to pull the trigger, is he? But um, it's interesting yeah. how, like, even an, an, on 9-11, you know, I mean, uh, well, George Bush was, you know, yeah, there's in, a, in a very innocent place reading, reading a story to children about a goat. Yes. True, but if you take a look at the Bush's businesses and their activities and all the stuff that went through without FEC compliance being uh, recognized because it was a state of emergency, there's all kinds of stuff connected to the Bushes there that's loads of fun. Um, yeah. But when it comes to the Kennedys, that listen, and I believe that the Bush family is a crime syndicate also, uh, sure. with you know with a with a minor franchise over there, you know they call them Clintons, but part of the Bush crime syndicate. Um, you know, and, and again, I swing both sides here. I am never just on the left or the right. Uh, I got I got two shoulders to carry the, the, the BS from both. Right. So the thing <laughs> is, um, the, these guys, there's a lot of stuff to be said there. And there's plenty of criminal activity. And yes, indeed, George H.W. Bush was the head of the CIA, appointed by Warren Commissioner uh, Gerald Ford, who was put on the Warren Commission for no real apparent reason. Oh, whoops. Maybe he was just there to be a stooge for J. Edgar Hoover and inform on the FBI about what was going on, that might be the case and then magically becomes president after not being selected for either the presidency or the vice presidency. In 1976, he did make George H.W. Bush the head of the CIA for a year. Um, that's true. And was George H.W. Bush involved in Iran-Contra? And was he involved in various CIA activities over the years? And was he maybe a decent pilot, but maybe not a decent pilot? Was he in the military? Yeah, he was. Did he kind of suck at it? Probably. Uh, was his son even worse at it? Absolutely. And especially when you're failing your, uh, you know, your, your physicals, because probably you didn't pass your urine test. Um, just saying. And cocaine and DWI and all that privileged, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that's true. And is it a criminal syndicate? Sure. But I can't put the murder of JFK on George H.W. Bush. I would love to, by the way, but I can't. So right. I'm sorry, Russ. I still stand by that. And, uh, you know, hopefully if I see you in Dallas again, which I don't know, maybe he's going this year. I'm not sure. If, yeah. if Russ is going to be there, let, let's have a beer, Russ, and get over it and do something <laughs> together, okay? Because I like him, Come generally on, speaking. You know, yeah. I do like him, generally speaking. It's just he's a little misled on this. And, and I love Jesse Ventura, too, but Jesse doesn't quite understand. That's why Dick Russell had to do the actual writing for Jesse. Jesse's a great guy, and I love Jesse Ventura, but you know, uh, uh, he, 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 you know, made even more um, prominence for Russ's work. And I really wish he would have consulted somebody who was a little, in a little bit better of a position. It's sort of like Judith Barry Baker, who I can guarantee you is, and I know I'm making a legally actionable statement. She's a fraud. Um, and please take me to court, Judy. This is not the opinion of anybody else on this broadcast whatsoever. Take me to court. I want you to enter into evidence that you're not a fraud. Please do, and I'll see you in Dallas also. Um, so, you know, anytime, anytime, no threats or anything, I find her funny. Fan fiction, yeah. way out of control. 
but she's fraudulent and um, okay. not not doing us any favors. So now that I've laid all the unpopular bombshells from the conspiracy culture on the JFK incident, here's the thing. It is not a lone gunman. It is not the explanation the officials gave you and the cover-up that continues even to this day and them fighting, kicking, and screaming about releasing documents that they promised to release 25 years ago, okay, uh, through a legally actionable thing, the JFK Records Collection Act, and the fact that Donald Trump and Joe Biden fought tooth and nail to make sure that wouldn't happen kind of tells yeah. you there's one thing. There is the establishment, and then there's you. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think that's the best thing. And Ocelli.com, you can always go there. I know I'm, I'm, but I'm running out of time here, and I really appreciate you guys for inviting me. And, uh, you know, you guys should not be unknown. I don't care if I'm unknown. <laughs> you guys ask some thoughtful, cool questions. And I, I came in here and made sure I didn't study your politics. I wanted to come in here completely blindsided. And I was hoping you guys would blindside me with stuff. And you actually didn't. It, it was very good, very well thought out. And, uh, yeah, that's a little surprising nowadays. Most people don't even think about what they're saying. They're more interested in their own opinions as opposed to facts. They're more interested in what they have to say than what somebody else has to say. And none of those things are productive. So I want to salute you guys and tell you guys that you did a great thing here, uh, giving me the space, way too much space because I am obnoxious when I speak. <laughs> but you know what? It is the way it is. Again, you know, the, the guy with the Sicilian last name, and certainly I am Sicilian and Irish, yeah, it, it, it makes for an attitude problem when you're born in New Jersey. And I apologize for all of that, ladies. No disrespect was meant during any hey, of my uh, over-talking and over-running any of this. You're and I thank good you. Company. You're in the company of people who appreciate that. I promise you very, very much. Uh, I also want to thank you for the extremely lovely compliment. I do not believe that yes. you suffer fools. I do mm -hmm. not believe that you give out compliments that you don't believe. And I I really appreciate it. And uh, I know Stella does as well. So thank you so much for saying that. Yes, I know we do got to let you go because you're a very busy man. So I just want to, uh, first of all, where can I get an Ocelli hat? Because I love that hat and I'm a hat person. Yeah, I would uh, love what, one of those too. <laughs> all right. I'll tell you what you guys do. I, I, I have a few right now. If you send me, if you send me a, uh, uh, well, you, all right. We're connected on Twitter, X, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, send me an address. I can't guarantee I'll get it out before I go to Dallas because, again, I'm visually impaired. I don't drive anywhere, so going to the post office is a bit of a thing. But I will personally put it in the mail for you if you get me a mailing address. Uh, is this the design you want? Because I've got a couple yeah. of them. Yeah, I love right. it. And I will, will make sure you, you guys you. get one. Yes, okay. and then as far as people finding you, you did tell us at the beginning, but Ocelli.com, and that's how they can find all of your work, including your radio station, your merchandise, your um, the ways to support your podcast, all of that stuff? Well, the merch, actually, I don't sell. Uh, the merch I offer is thank you gifts for anybody who makes oh. a donation. If you make nice. a donation, uh, I'm willing to give you a thank you gift, uh, best I can. You know, yeah. you so, you know, I offer the hats. Uh, this is the second time I've offered the hats, and people seem to like those. But I've got decks of cards and a few other things uh, that, that are printed Ooh, with okay. the logo. Because I've been at it for 10 years now, so I'm kind of like trying to mark, hey, it's been a decade of this. I know, yeah. I'm a glut glutton yeah. for punishment. But, um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, I'd but imagine that, um, you know, a lot of researching can add up to quite an expensive business, especially if you're doing FOIs and all that sort of thing. So. Yeah. 
which real researchers tend to do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you again from me as well for the lovely compliment. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, um, Chuck. It's uh, so many millions of more questions, but hopefully maybe we'll get to talk to you again sometime. Anytime you guys want to do this, I, I'll make time for it. That's for sure. Thank you. Oh, yeah. We would love Great. to have you back, Chuck. Thank you so, so very much. Truly, I really appreciate it. I have loved talking to you. Um, I hope we can do it again soon. And uh, yeah, so I guess for all of us here at The Unknowns, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. Have a good night, everyone. God bless. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 